and welcome to episode number 207 of the Lions Podcast. My name is Matt Brown, and lucky you, I'm not solo anymore this week. I have my friends back with me. I've got Steven Andrus. I have Brad Allen. This is a very special all-masters podcast here. We have tons of baseball content. We understand opening day is happening as well. Head over to the Lions. Uh, head over to the YouTube channel. We got a lot of baseball content over there as it is, but this is going to be all golf all the time. It is my favorite Thursday of the year, and that includes the first day of March Madness, Stephen. It is just to me, there's something about the Masters. I grew up watching golf. I'm from the South. I'm everything about everything about this Thursday to me is my favorite Thursday of the year. It's just the the beautiful scenes at Augusta National, the azaleas. You guys can't see it, but just to my right, I have my Golden Tee video game in the garage <laughs> with a, a Masters sticker right above it and fake pink azaleas. I have the Masters ringtone on my phone 365 days a year. It is such a beautiful melody to wake up to every single day. <laughs> Suffice it to say, I also am excited, Matt. Brad, you're in the birthplace of golf, so you should get, you got to be excited. I don't care if it is thousands of miles away from you. I mean, it's a it's a hell of a time of year with uh, with baseball as well tomorrow. Um, yeah, a lot, a lot of uh, a lot of money being thrown around, a lot of uh, a lot of work being done. So it's good fun, yeah. So, guys, I, I you know we look at a 91 player field here, and I basically just started as opposed to you know taking a player pool of people that I wanted. I started with the elimination process and then got to the the guys that I started to look at. So if you are doing this right now, you're listening to this, you want to start whittling things down. 91 players, that includes Tiger Woods and that includes J.J. Spawn, who won last week at the Valero. 50 in ties make the cut. We had 54 last year. We've had 56 the year before that. So you're going to get a handful over 50, most likely, that are going to be making the cut. So keep that in mind. 91 players and more than 50 players are going to be making the cut here. As we all know, you get a lifetime exemption if you've ever won the Masters. So you're going to get old people playing. Sandy Lyle, Jose Maria Olathabal, VJ Singh, Larry Mize, Mike Weir, Fred Couples, Padrick Harrington, Bernard Longer are all going to play this year. So that's eight guys of the 91 that you could just eliminate right from the get-go. Larry Mize played last year. He shot 84-79. VJ shot 79-80. Sandy Lyle shot 81-75. Like, these, these guys are all eliminated. So there's eight guys we could just take out of the player pool right off the bat. Then there's amateurs, in which we have six of those. Very little chance of winning. I'm not going to say there's zero chance for those guys. I will say very, very, very little chance. So let's go ahead and take them out of there as well. So 14 guys now that we've eliminated from the 91 player pool that gets us to 77. Then you add in the injured guys. So you have the guys who are being very honest about playing injured. Bryson said he's only at 80%. Hideki had to uh, withdraw from the, the tournament last week and said he's playing with a neck issue. Paul Casey's got issues. Abe Answer, Webb Simpson. That's five more guys so now we're really kind of down to about 72 ish guys who have an actual chance of getting something done here so that should make at least our process a little bit easier 
Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, for me, it was, I kind of did the same thing. I found a couple of guys as well that were like around the Sandy Lyles and the Mike Weirs in the model that I tossed as well. Guys like um, Patrick Reed and Justin Rose and Lee Westwood. So now we're getting even lower numbers here to, in terms of trying to find some guys we like on the outright card. So Brad, you know, we, we, we eliminate, these guys, if you know, I don't know if you did with some of these injured guys or whatever, but we, we eliminate these guys. Then we also have the the fact that no debutante has won here since Fuzzy Zeller in 1979. Uh, in as far as your kind of whittling down of your player pool, I assume you kind of did the same as as we did with the old people and the amateurs. And uh, did did you kind of start to move out some of the injured guys? And then do you hold it against someone if they've never played Augusta before? Um, yes. Yeah. I mean, like, like you, I kind of stripped them out and I guess what you're saying there, it's important for these cut bets. Like, I mean, make, make the cut bets. Uh, they're quite popular this week, especially with, with Tiger walking around. But you know, if you, if you want to be against someone who might have an injury like Bryson, who you think might pull out, well, the problem is there's, as you said, there's only about 70 people trying to make it into a 55 man cut or so. So you've not really got a lot of wiggle room there. So you know, that, that, that's one thing to think about. Maybe you, you look at a matchup if you're trying to fade someone rather than miss the cut. Yes, no, absolutely. I think that that is the a super key piece of advice here. And, you know, of course, we'll we'll talk about Tiger a little bit later. But this is one of the things where one of the I think a lazy narrative that I've been hearing about him as well. So I, I do want to hit on that. But listen, we talk about course history here. The reason I asked about, you know, do you do you hold it against someone if they never played here before? Because it's been played on the same piece of grant, uh, same piece of land since 1934. Now, the course has changed, but it's been since 1934. They've been playing here this year. We're going to get a par 72, 7510 yard course because they lengthened the 11th and the 15th. So they play now at 520 and 550. We're looking at 44 bunkers. And while that's not a lot, it's actually the fifth fewest on tour the the par save percentage once you hit one of those bunkers is only 47 percent so uh you gotta avoid those even though there's not a lot of them you really do want to keep it out of the sand there at augusta uh four water holes so not a lot of water defense on the course either the real defense is just the length the the runoff on the greens and then just kind of the landscape itself we'll talk about that again with a lot with tiger but it is an an arduous it is an arduous task of walking this thing, even for people who are in shape and it changes elevation a ton. There's nothing that's flat. They, they, they joke about the thing. The only thing that's flat is the tee boxes at this course. Everything else has undulations and, and it's certainly changing elevations and things like that. So that's kind of what we're looking at here with all this. So Steven, when you, when you kind of started your research, as far as like, I don't, you know, there's no course comp really or whatever, but I mean, how did you kind of go about looking at what, what type of golfer you were looking for here at Augusta when we don't really have just a ton, a ton of, you know, like course comp data and different things like that. So I, I want a rel, a well-rounded player this week. This is a major championship, despite the fact that it's played the same course every year. We know that you can't just be a terrible putter and win this thing, right? Like that's still important this week for a major. So um, like every week I have 
iron play in the model, strokes gain on approach, and also an extra 5% for proximity to the hole from 200 plus. Uh, there's going to be some lengthy par fours here. So that's another aspect that I looked at long par fours from 450 to 500 yards. There's actually one par four. I think it's the 11th that is longer on the scorecard than one of the par fives. Um, it, for the rest of the model, I looked at I cared a little bit more about driving distance this week. These are pretty wide fair fairways, although it is incumbent upon you to hit the proper side of the fairway. So you have an easier lie, less slopes, easier approach into the greens. Uh, so driving distance and then a little bit added for strokes gained off the tee. Um, so I'm not completely foregoing accuracy. And then, yeah, I, I do have around the green in there for strokes gained 10%. And then I rarely put any type of, of putting in here, but the, the one stat I did is three putt avoidance. So obviously never any greens books here at the masters. That's a, a new rule across the PGA tour, but it's been like that every year at Augusta. Uh, these are very tricky greens. It's not just enough to hit the green. You have to hit the proper side of the green, or you are going to have a, an extremely difficult lag putt. And uh, finally, the, the only thing I have haven't mentioned is par five scoring. That's really where you have to try and make your hay here and get ahead of these difficult holes. So a combination of in particular 550 to 600 yards. Um, I think three of the four par fives basically are in that range. And then just overall strokes gained par five, a couple extra percentage points there. So uh, if you've been following along, you know, that sounds like a pretty well-rounded golfer if you put it all together, as it should be to win a major. Yeah, as you mentioned, on those par fives, all four par fives have at least a 30% birdie rate on those holes. So one in every three golfer coming through is going to birdie the par fives. So you certainly want your guy to be one of those guys that's, that's getting the birdies on the par fives. Brad, when you started to to look at what you were looking for in a golfer and then maybe even what you were looking to fade in a golfer, how did you then start to whittle down your, your player pool? Um, well, so the, the, I mean, the key to me was, was distance and strokes gained off the tee. Mm -hmm. Um, obviously they've lengthened it this year. It looks like they're going to get a lot of rain today, tomorrow. Um, so it really feels like you, you know, you, you've got to boom it around here. Um, and I suppose the type of golfer you would fade would be, I'd say the green and regulation types, like, it, you know, as, um, as Stephen said there, mm -hmm. the fairways are so wide, you don't need to be that accurate off the tee, but as long as you're not sticking it in the pine straw, um, then you, you're okay to, you know, if you can if you just missed the fairway by a bit. Um, so yeah, I, I was just looking at, you know, long golfers, um, obviously putting on lightning fast surfaces and then scrambling as well, because, you know, we, we should have some wind. They are going to be, uh, are going to be missing these greens as well. So, um, yeah, long, long and uh, good around the green for me. Yeah. I, I'm, I'm with you on that. I mean, and so that, what that did for me guys is, you know, typically dudes that, it, it, that I think, you know, in certain other courses, maybe you're, you're looking to play. I'm not looking to play here. So outside of the, the injury factor, you know, Abe answer 82nd in this field in driving distance, you got like guys like Kevin, nah, Kevin Kisner, they are down in the kind of 88, 89 in this field over the last 50 rounds. As far as driving distance, you even start to get some of these guys that have had success of late that do you want 
wonder do you fade these guys? Billy Horschel, 76th in this field in driving distance over the last 50 rounds. Daniel Berger, 78th. Webb Simpson, 77th. Russell Henley, 72nd. So you, you start to wonder, are these all fades? And I'll, I'll tell you right now, uh, Stephen, I have none of these guys on my card because I do believe distance for a couple of different reasons, as Brad mentioned, one, it is going to be wet. You're not going to get run out. So you better be able to poke it down there because you're not going to get any sort of run out whatsoever on these drives. And then secondly, that goes back to your point of the par five scoring is going to be so incredibly important. And if you aren't able to get there in two and give yourself a, a good shot at getting either, you know, a, a bomb eagle or at least a, a tap in birdie or something like that, then I think that you're going to be have a, a real tough time this week at Augusta. So uh, those guys who I, you know, on any given week, I might be looking to play got eliminated from my card as well this week. I feel you, man. I, there's a there's a golfer that I love that we talk about a lot of these major podcasts. It's Colin Morikawa. He was the I like to call the godfather of my golf bankroll. <laughs> like he his win at Harding Park in the PGA Championship is what jump started me to really digging into golf and and having it become a passion of mine. I just can't play him this week. I think at some point he's going to win a green jacket. He's just so good with his irons, right? Um, if his putting ever improves to be a little bit more consistent, he's just unstoppable in the those weeks where he's basically just an average to slightly above average putter. But I think his distance off the tee puts him behind the eight ball at Augusta. And if everybody else is hitting fairways, then him hitting a fairway isn't an advantage. So um, it was, I was surprised to see Morikawa not in the top 20 in the model I'm mm-hmm. using this week in any of the, the last timetables, 50 rounds, 36 rounds, 24 rounds. So um, begrudgingly, I had to ha- I have to fade him this week. Brad, what did you do with putting this week? Do you care at all? Do you did you you know, did you bump anybody up for being a good putter? Did you bump anybody down for being a bad putter? What did you do with putting this week? Um, well, I mean, you, you've probably seen that stat floating around. Like the last ten Masters winners, they they came into the tournament averaging like 116th on the tour in strokes game putting. I so, actually have the the numbers for you. Yeah, I mean, the, yeah, the last yeah. 14 winners out there, outside of Jordan Spieth, everybody was 60th in the world or worse um, in strokes game putting outside of Jordan Spieth in 2015, who was, who was ninth. So he was the only guy that actually had putted well, that was, that, that has won this tournament recently. Yeah. So, I mean, you've seen a lot of bad putters win this. Um, Well, I'm Matt Siyama last year, Bubba Watson. And, you know, I think the thought is these greens are so unique that, it's, it can be a bit of a, a leveler, right? You can, you know, you, you can just make a few long putts like Zalatoris last year. I think it was, you know, he's he been terrible at putting ever since, but he gained eight strokes putting last year or something. So I think it is much more of a leveler. I mean, I did have a little look at lightning fast green putting and, you know, I, I use that as kind of a tiebreaker rather than um, sort of front and center. Yeah. Yeah. I, I didn't put anything in there and I don't care at all. Hideki, when he won last year, 
was 175th in the world in putting. Uh, Dustin Johnson in the fall version, he was 48th. Tiger Woods, when he won in 2019, was 74th. Patrick Reed was 72nd in 2018. Sergio, historically, notoriously one of the worst putters there is, was 162 in 2017. Danny Willett was 60. Bubba Watson, 109. Adam Scott, 130. Bubba Watson, 142. So you get the point here. I mean, like the picture is, is you do not have to be a good putter in order to be able to win at Augusta. And the thing is, is because the greens are so fast and so hard to read and undulate so much that it doesn't really, you know, Stephen, at the end of the day, it doesn't really help a good putter because everybody's going to struggle. Yeah, for sure. So I, I agree with you guys. Like I'm, I'm not putting strokes game putting in there. I'm not putting like birdie or better because this that's these greens are so tough. Like you said, it neutralizes things. But on the flip side, though, I do care about just not completely imploding on these greens. So that is why I put three putt avoidance in in the model I'm using this week. I think lag putting is important to at least give yourself close to a gimme on the on the second putt. So that was a little more important to me. Um, but that's, again, the only putting stat I have in this in this consideration. At and all this and week. it's, it's funny that you, you say that because I put bogey avoidance and three putt avoidance in, in, in mind there this week for everything that you mentioned, right? I'm just trying to, I'm trying to get it all kind of in a, I'm trying to get it all, at least to get a snapshot view. I didn't heavily weight either one of those, but I did weight them to where it, I have the, I have the stats in front of me. I'm able to take a look and figure out, okay, is this something that I am, you know, is, is this a thing or not a thing? Right. And that's basically what I was trying to do. Yeah. We don't, we don't want the Keegan Bradley's of the world in, in the top of our model this week for the masters who are hitting greens left and right and can't make a putt or a lag putt to save right, their life. Right. That is exactly what we're, what we're looking at this week. And so that's exactly how, uh, how things ended up for me. Uh, as we mentioned, those, those par five, par five scoring and just the par fives in general. We can't emphasize this enough if you're looking for this because so Patrick Reed, when he won guys in 2018, he was 13 under on the par fives. Hideki last year was 11 under on the par fives, right? It's just like you have to go out there and be able to destroy these par fives. And that's the only thing that you can do. And, and hopefully at least play par golf on these super long par fours because there are there are five different par fours out there that have a bogey rate of over 20 percent so it, these these things can get nasty and you just need to be able to sometimes just take your medicine and try to get out of there with a par if you are a trends person trends with a z there are five over the last five <laughs> years there are 13 players with multiple top 10 finishes so there's only 13 guys over the last five years that have been inside the top 10 multiple times here at Augusta. John Rahm, Dustin Johnson, Jordan Spieth, Justin Rose, Rory McIlroy, Cam Smith, Patrick Reed, Tony Finau, Webb Simpson, Brooks Kepka, Mark Leishman, Xander Schauffele, and Corey Connors. Those are your only guys in this field that have multiple top tens over the last five years. So the, that's kind of how we're looking at this. And guys, I do want to start at the top of the board and ask you kind of, what your thoughts before I get to your official plays, let's just have some general discussion about some of these golfers, because everyone's going to be wondering, how do I start? Do I start at the very top of the board? What am I doing here to start building my my, you know, my card this week? And everybody, I imagine, is having the John Rom dilemma right now where he's 10 to one to win this thing over at DraftKings. You can probably find him, I think, 11 or 12 somewhere else. But, you know, look, he 
probably is still widely considered the best golfer in the world, though. There are some guys certainly coming for him. His course history here, Brad, T5, T7, T9, and an outright fourth. So his course history here is phenomenal over the last four versions of this tournament. But can you play a guy at 10 to 1, even if you think he's the best golfer in the world? Um, I, I think you get better than 10 to 1. Um, I mean, I've, I've seen at least 12. And I, I have bet I bet an 11 to 1 with some um, eight places each way. I mean, if, mm-hmm. if, if the places are available to you this week, wherever you are, um, they're definitely, definitely worth betting. Um, but yeah, still, you know, 11 to 12 to 1, I, I think he's good value. If, if we just look at, um, you know, strokes gained around Augusta, the, these numbers from Data Golf, Rahm's third in the field here, plus 2.77 around. Um, and he's got the best strokes gained off the tee in the field around Augusta as well. So, you know, I think Joe Joe Peter was talking about it this week. He, he said if, if he's gaining two strokes around just off the tee, he's picking up eight shots on the field just just there and that gives you quite a nice you know it gives you quite a nice cushion um obviously the, the question is is putting in a short game which is is what has not been good um but as, as we're saying these greens are quite different and it's not like he can't putt <laughs> and yeah. I, I would say I, I would much rather bank on him just finding a hot week on some unusual greens um with sort of that eight eight strokes built it just built into his game um you know i think that just gives him like a top 10 floor basically as i mean you just went through his, his finishes there like he's not finishing out the top 10 really is he no he, he's certainly not and uh Stephen, I want to hit on a guy here that you mentioned before we started recording, because I'm sure this is a guy that everyone's looking at kind of scratching their head because it's do I trust what he's done here or do I trust recent form? And that's Jordan Spieth. So you look at Jordan Spieth, probably if we're talking about modern players, I'm not going back to, you know, Bobby Jones and whatever else, but like modern players outside of Tiger, Jordan Spieth has the most impressive resume of anybody at Augusta. He is T3 last year, the fall version, which if you want to whatever, he still made the cut T46 fall version, T21 in 2019, third in 2018, T11 in 2017, T2 in 2016, he won it in 2015, and T2 in 2014. So that is eight starts for Jordan Spieth. That is eight made cuts. That is five top threes and a top 11 in his on his resume here and that being said all that being said here he's coming in in not very good form i'll kind of give both sides of this right this time last year when we were doing this masters podcast spieth was like 11 to 1 which was ridiculous so i I understand the course form but he's not in the same caliber as the the john roms and the scotty schefflers this year so or justin thomas for that matter um you're getting a better price this year i think as we record this 22 to 1 is the best price but i will tell you that he's nowhere near even the top 30 in the model i'm using this Mm -hmm. week so you have to trust extremely recent form and the fact that he his putter was not very good at Valero last week but again we don't care yeah. about the putter at Augusta National as much and he's shown that he knows those greens on that course what is encouraging is I think he gained like 10 shots tee to green at Valero last week so 
if if you believe that he's in true true better form there uh, and it's just he has to fix the putter then perhaps he can contend this week um but i don't think he's anywhere near the form of what he was earlier in his career when he debuted with a second and won the masters the year after i know he had a good strong finish last year but if you're actually watching the masters you know there were a couple of extremely fortunate situations like a chip in that was racing towards the hole and if it doesn't hit the pin in just the right way it goes yeah. wherever or if it doesn't hit the cup anywhere it's actually in the water so it's probably like a three-stroke difference if that happens so um i think all those things matter and if you're asking gun to my head i'm i'm not playing jordan spieth on my outrights this week brad what is your thought on on jordan spieth this week well i mean it's a bit like it's a little bit like john rahm um where he seemed, well, he's hitting the ball much better recently. I think it was like seven strokes in the final round of that Valero Texas Open. But but he's not got the floor. Like, Rahm's, Rahm's shown that ball striking for years now, whereas Spieth is kind of run hot and cold. And you, you I don't know, again, it sounds a bit soft, but you, you watch him putting and mm-hmm. he, he he looks like he's he's lost his head. Like, the, the Spieth Tracker Twitter account is going, he looks like he can't putt. Um, and, and, you know, he, he watches every shot Spieth plays. So, right. you know, I do read into that somewhat. You know, he said it looks different. So, yeah, well, it's, it's different to Ram because I just don't think he has the, the ball striking ceiling that Ram does or floor. So, you know... It, I'm not yeah. willing to bet that he finds his putting as well, basically. Two other guys I want to talk about before we get to our betting card here, because I know these are guys that people are going to be kind of scratching their head over. And uh, Brad, I'll start with you, Rory McIlroy. This is a guy that if it wasn't for Tiger Woods this week, who's going to be playing, um, if it wasn't for that, the storyline would be here comes Rory trying to complete the career grand slam. And so we get, we look, he's sitting somewhere a little bit North of 20 to one to win the whole thing. I I can tell you guys this right now. The guy that I will have the most regret that if he wins this tournament and I don't have a piece of him, it's going to be Rory for me because I have over time, anytime Rory starts to drift into that twenties and like whatever, that's when I come back in, right? Like it's like, okay, now's the time. And I keep coming back in and I just can't get there this week. And it's, it's one of those things where this field is so strong with so many guys playing well right now that it's very tough for me in the way that, that Roy's play, which is not terrible. It's kind of like sneaky under the radar, like middling of the pack kind of form or whatever coming in here, but I just can't get there. How did you treat Rory this week, Brad? Because it's just, it's a, like I said, if he wins this week, it will be the one where I, if you guys want to catch me on a Sunday afternoon, I'll be, I'll be at a bottle of whiskey. Yeah. Well, to me, McElroy is another top 10 play. Like he's, you know, he's, he's, he's another, he's, he's long and the softer it gets, the, you know, this rain that's coming down yeah. today, McElroy's licking his lips, you know, he wants it soft and he wants receptive greens. Um, so, you know, a 20 to one, I think there is probably a bit of value there. I guess the more it rains, the better, because I think McElroy famously, you know, they, they talk about Augusta that you want to, you can't go at the flag the whole time, right? There's, there's an area in the green you need to hit. And then you've got to take your two part, take your medicine and try and make hay on the par fives. And I think McElroy has said that oh, that's not, it's not in his DNA to play that way. He wants to go at the pins, which is why he struggled. <laughs> so I don't know. It's, it's tough because he, he knows how to play it. He said he's watched DJ play it that way. He's watched Tiger play it that way. He knows what to do. Um, it's whether he'll actually do it. So yeah, I, I do think, as I say, I think length, length is such a huge advantage. And, you know, th- this weather I think is playing into McElroy's hands. And I, I think he's probably a pretty safe top 10 as well. Steven? 
Rory McIlroy. Oh man, it's so tough because if you look, <laughs> if you look at his round two through four scoring at Augusta, it's so good. It's the issue has been him mm-hmm. getting off to a really slow start at this tournament and then having to play catch up and turn it on. If there's ever a year where he just comes out and shoots one under par on Thursday, he's going to be in the mix there. So I'm really yeah. tempted to wait to see if he has another slow start and get a better number live on him. Now that's really risky, but especially if these off conditions hold up where nobody's getting any rollout in the fairways and he's going to have a big advantage off the tee. Uh, but that's kind of where I'm at on him. And, um, you know, we'll talk about my full outright card later. I'm, I'm on the fence between him and another guy in this range to complete my card. The other guy we have to talk about here before we move on to our, to our betting card is Tiger Woods and what we're going to do with Tiger. If anything, if there's anything to be done, I mean, listen, the sports books now that it, um, that it's that has come out that he's going to play, you know, they're already starting to throw up tiger specials and all these tiger props and all the different things like that, that you can go and look at. There's going to be tiger finishing positions. There's going to be tiger. Yes. Make the yes. No, make the cut all different stuff like that. How do we go about tiger and, and Brad, one of the lazy narratives for me, and we hit on this at the top of the pod is, you know, look, okay. Of the 91, we've kind of whittled that down into like the mid to low seventies. And if it's 50 plus ties, Everybody I see has been saying, ah, Tiger to miss the cuts, the best bet Tiger to miss the cut. He can't, you know, it's it's so hard to walk at Augusta and like all this stuff. Like everyone's repeating all these this stuff that they've heard from everybody else because they've never walked Augusta. They don't know how hard it is to walk Augusta. Everyone's just like wants to sound so smart whenever they're saying all this stuff. But I think it's such an incredibly lazy narrative because we're talking about making the cut. Now, could this compa- could this compound over the course of four days and, and, and by Sunday, could Tiger be worn out? Maybe so. Could his legs be given out on him? Maybe so. But to make the cut is only two rounds. You only have to play two rounds to make the cut. And, and Tiger Woods, with the legacy that he has at this tournament, with his history at this tournament, with the reverence that he holds this tournament, he is not teeing it up on Thursday morning if he can't walk two rounds and if he can't play two rounds right and he would not do that to himself to his legacy to everything like that so if anything I saw some plus money and I took it you know I saw some plus money on Tiger to to make the cut and I took it I, I think that's the only way I would play him this week but is there any other way that you would be looking to play Tiger and what's your thoughts on Tiger in general um, so yeah, like you, I, I bet some Tiger Woods to make the cut mm-hmm. at uh, plus money. Um, I, I think it's what you're saying, right? So we are we are expecting a little bit of wind, and you know if the cut is around evens or whatever, and he's got to be, as we're saying, literally 15 people. Like he he knows he knows exactly where to put the yeah. ball, right? It, okay, I mean his ball speed was fine. I think they're reporting like 175, 176 on the range, which is, you know, it's probably not, it's not what he used to be, but it's, it's not terrible. Is it, you know, there's the, the golfers are saying he's, he's hitting it far enough to, to get it out there where it needs to be. And then, you know, he's going to have the around the green game. Like everyone is saying his touch is, is what it used to be. He knows the greens like the back of his hand. So I think he's literally got, a couple of shots around, I think just from knowing exactly where to go, you know, from playing this for 25 years or whatever he has. Um, so yeah, I, I think make the cut is good. And then the other one is 
he's got a matchup against Patrick Reed floating Ooh. around, and he's he's being, he's, he's being like there's someone heavy backing mm-hmm. both ways because this this line's been all over the place. But you know, it's about plus one fifty, plus one sixty, ping ponging about on Tiger Woods just to beat Patrick Reed. And Reed is a guy who's probably hitting it slower than Tiger Woods. It's like his driving distance has just fallen off a cliff. Yeah. Um, it's down like twenty yards in the last year or so. So. You know, I, I think plus money there is probably good. If you know, <laughs> I think it's more likely Reed misses the cut personally. And um, you know, as you as you say, the longer it goes, perhaps we do start to worry about him walking like that fourth round. Um, I guess he doesn't know if he can do that yet, so we, we don't know that either. Um, but yeah, I, I think there's potentially value in both of those. How did you go about Tiger Woods this week, Stephen? First of all, love the Patrick Reed angle. I have him 84th in my model over the last 36 rounds behind guys like Larry Mize and VJ Singh. Like that's how bad <laughs> Patrick Reed has been, despite him being a former champion here. He's just he's fallen off of a cliff. Uh, the and, Tiger and to add Woods, on to that driver distance thing over the last 24 rounds, he is 83rd in this field in driving distance. So if that tells anybody who, by the way, he is behind the likes of like Brian Harmon and (laughs) yeah, yeah. Like Brian Harmon, Webb Simpson, all this. Like, so that's, that's uh, VJ Singh. He's behind VJ still, uh, as far as driving distance. So, so if, if, again, if we're looking for guys who can get it out there, Reed is not one of those guys. Definitely not. So we'll talk about him on my miss the cut options here later. But to, to your guys' point on Tiger Woods, make miss cut markets. Um, I'm I initially like when the news came out that he was going to play. I'm like, oh, I got to bet him to miss the cut because he's just coming off the leg or whatever. And then I started doing the math. You take out the seniors, you take out the amateurs, and if you're like a borderline cut guy, it, we're still talking about. If you take those two groups of people out, 67% of the players are going to make the cut. So just the implied odds of that, if you're a fringe guy, is minus 200 to make the cut. So if we're getting plus 115 on Tiger to make this cut, I don't think it's asking a lot. I really don't. If this was a full field PGA Tour event, it would be a completely different story that we're talking about mm-hmm. here. But it's not. It's a much shorter field with top 50 in ties of, in terms of the actual PGA Tour players, only about 70 or so guys he's competing against to get into that top 50. So I agree with you guys at this point, after looking at it a little bit more and and at our show sponsor, BetMGM, plus 115 as of this morning, after we just posted an article on the lines.com of every single Tiger Woods market that's out there and what his odds are. Yeah, it just to me, I think it's I think it's lazy for people to say, like, ah, well, he can't walk. So it's missed the cut. Like, well, guys, again, he won the U.S. Open on one leg digging around a little bit more, too. Right. I mean, like, again, it's it's like who all makes the cut here? How many people are actually have a chance to do all that? There's there's a lot of things here that I think that people are missing when it when it comes to all that. So, again, my my, I think we're all in agreement here. Tiger at plus money to to make the cut is certainly a bet that I'd have in, in in my account. And, you know, listen, prove me wrong if it's uh if it's worse than i expect and and he actually really is just making a ceremonial start i just can't imagine tiger woods making a ceremonial start at the masters he said as much he said he he would not do that if that was the case like he's only here if he thinks he can compete with these guys he would not be a ceremonial start guy it's just not what he wants to do yeah i just can't i mean i just can't imagine it by any stretch of the imagination 
Okay, guys, it is the 86th Masters. We want to talk about our full betting cards here. Steven, I will start with you. Let's, uh, you know, let's hear your outrights and any guys that you want to give a little bit of an explanation for as to why you have them as your outrights and any of your head to heads, any of your placement markets, anything like that that you've got on the account. Sure. I'll, I'll try to be brief on the outrights because I'm not going to lie. I got a lot of props here this week, mm-hmm. guys, and I can't wait. It's going to be mm-hmm. awesome. So uh, every week for outrights, I, I do three units to try and win 16 units. So this week I started at the top of the board with Justin Thomas. It's a guy we haven't touched on yet here this week on this pod, but over the last 50 rounds, the last 36 rounds, the last 24 rounds, he is literally first or second across the board. And if I'm looking at the individual stats. I can't find a stat where he is outside the top 30. So guys like Rom who have around the green or putting issues or Morikawa off the tee. I mean, Justin Thomas checks all the boxes. Plus you have the narrative going for him that he's the only player Tiger Woods is giving advice to go find the John Rom <laughs> clip. It was, it was hilarious. Uh, Tiger Woods giving a dissertation to Justin Thomas about how to play Augusta national. So that doesn't hurt the next tier down in the odds. I, at the moment, I can't decide between Rory at 20, 20 to one or Patrick Cantlay around 25 to one, both around the same like top tier in the model, not as high as Justin Thomas, but um, that might be the the one bullet I save for the outright market just to see if, you know, one of these guys gets off to a decent start, maybe get some better odds uh, in the live market. A little uh, bit Steven, further let, me, down. let me, let me jump in right there because yeah, I think that is, that, is, that is a good point for you. Um, you talk about saving saving a couple of bullets guys if if you do want to do that in this tournament remember in golf it's not always you have to you have to place the bet before the tournament starts you can never you can bet in tournament we've all done it we've all been able to be profitable by doing that also just a quick little tidbit here from augusta only about 10% of the guys that have eventually finished t10 or better over the last 5 years have had their best round on Thursday. So there yeah. are guys who go out and have shot par on Thursday or maybe just one under or whatever on Thursday and have come back to be able to shoot those kind of three under and four under rounds later on in the tournament and get themselves up into the top 10. So again, just because your dude or somebody that you're targeting doesn't have a great Thursday, by all means does not mean they are out of it at all and maybe is worth either doubling down on or if you were on the fence as Steven's talking about, maybe then and you use one of those extra bullets that you held back. And the guys that I found myself doing that with at Augusta in years past, when we don't have strokes data here, you go to the master's website after round one and you look in the, that tier of even par guys and see which ones hit the most green. See if any of them hit like 16 of 18 mm-hmm. greens, as opposed to the ones that hit half and were, were recovering all along the way. So those are the guys that were going to have more birdie opportunities the rest of the week. And like we talked about, Rory is the poster child for this at Augusta national. So maybe you get better top 10 odds on him later in the week. All right. So the rest of the card, just three more guys. I didn't go very deep this week. Mm-hmm. Will Zalatoris, 35 to one finished second in his master's debut a year ago, really should have won the farmers. If he even had, had a slightly below average putter, just the flat stick imploded for him at that tournament. I think his form is back to what it was around the farmers after he took a little time off with COVID. Uh, his, his truly recent form has been much, much better. It looks looking more like the long distance form uh, or the long range form. And 
Matt, you talked about it. I'm gonna let you go into it deeper. Uh, we have also mentioned that a debutante hasn't won since mm-hmm. Fuzzy Zeller had a local caddy from Augusta decades ago. But Sam Burns is a debutante. Mm-hmm. I'm betting this week at 50 to one. The numbers slipped back after a few months ago. It was around 25 or 30 to one. I can't not play him at 50 to one. He's top 10 in my model at every date range, every time period. And lastly, Joaquin Neiman at 65 to one. If we get a ceiling week from Joaquin Neiman, like we saw at the Genesis at a tough course like Riv. He can be in contention this week and he checks a lot of the boxes uh, for me this week as well, no matter what time period you're looking at. So that's the uh, that's the Masters outright card for me. Yeah, we'll swing back around, get some of your uh, head-to-heads and, and placement market thoughts. But Brad, who do you have outrights on in the account right now and anybody that you're kind of on the fence about might get added between now and uh, tee off? Um, well, I'll, I'll give you two at the top of the market and then two longer shots. So John Rahm, um, as, as we mentioned, and one additional mm-hmm. data point on John Rahm. If you, you go over to Chris, probably, you know, considered one of the sharpest golf golf books in the world. John Rahm has been absolutely nuked in his matchups. He, he's minus 204 mm-hmm. against Cam Smith, like the third favorite, and he's mm-hmm. minus 170 against Scotty Scheffler. Um, so someone moving big bucks likes John Rahm this week. Um, and then also Brooks at the top of the market. Um, now again, you know, Brooks isn't one that the models are going to love. Um, but you know, he was, he was injured here last year. He was sort of curtsying to get the ball out the hole. Um, yeah. and, 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 and that bled over into his form a lot of the time, but you know, he, he, as I say, he's, he's everything I've been looking for here. He, he's got, he's got the length. Um, and he's what well, he's finished. He's finished in the top 10 in fully half of his majors. So, you know, there, there, there's obviously some debate around whether that's a real thing that he can show up in the majors. Um, I am inclined to believe it. And I, I think, um, you know, I think he outplays like 20 to one, which you can see there. Um, lower down the board, I've got two I like and I've backed them, you know, top 10, top 20, top 40. Mm-hmm. Uh, first is Sepp Strucker. Um, who's uh, I believe he's a, he's a Georgia Bulldog, went to college around here. So even though he's a, you know, it's his debut, he, he has played the course before. Um, and he, he's just, he's popping. He's, uh, he's sixth in the model that I put together again, focused on off the tee um, and, and length. Um, and he's gaining um, 1.5 strokes around um, off the tee over his last five tournaments. So, you know, that's, that's it. Those are elite numbers. That's up there. That's up there with Matsuyama. That's up there with John Rahm as well. Um, and then you can get him about 100 to 1 plus. And then the other one, Mackenzie Hughes, um, slight change, but he was top five in these lightning lightning fast putting um, that I looked at. And he's also an elite scrambler. Um, and it just basically, he just looked um, just too big a price. Or you can get two, 250 to 1. I've seen you can get 200 to 1 with a lot of places in Europe. Um, and that's just, it's just too big a price, basically. So my outright card this week, guys, is a little bit longer than it is for a typical tournament. And I'll give some explanation as to this. And this is just my strategy and doesn't mean it has to be your strategy. But again, I go in and eliminate players that I don't want anything to do with this week. So when I do that and and what it does, it shrinks the field so incredibly much. And then I start going to guys that I actually like. And so now I have a smaller field to begin with. And now guys that I really like in a smaller field. And so I try to get as much exposure to guys I really like in what I consider to be a smaller field than than I do in a typical 120, 130 golfer week and and, and things like that. And so a little bit of a different strategy for me when it comes to outrights, but things that I really like. Look, 
I'll be with the pack here. I'll be with the flock. I have Justin Thomas at plus 1540. Um, he is just, he just fits too much of everything that I'm looking for here. The models that I ran, he's first or second in every single version of it, no matter what I do, no matter how I tweak it. And at some point, I just can't ignore the numbers when it comes to all that. I understand that, you know, if you look at, at how he's been here, it isn't necessarily like, you know, jump off the page type stuff or anything. But for me, I just can't, I just can't ignore those type of results here. My second is Cam Smith. I got him at 18 to one. Cam Smith in three of his last four masters, he has a T10, a T2, a T5 in three of his last four. And if you want to talk about win equity, look, yeah, this guy might end up 30th or something, but if not, he is going to be competing to win, right? And that's what we want in these outright guys. We want guys that are going to be right there competing to win on Sunday. And Cam Smith has proven that he can close the door on tournaments and he can also, he's, he's protected leads. He's come from behind in tournaments to win anything. If he's in contention on Sunday, I'm going to feel really, really good about having that Cam Smith ticket in there. And again, another guy that just checks all the boxes for me across everything that I'm looking for. Um, Scotty Scheffler, I think to be the hottest, most uh, best golfer in the world right now, I was able to get in on him a little bit earlier at 22 to one. He's down to about, what is it? 14, 15, 16, something like that. But again, I, I, you can't argue right with, with the results and the numbers and the things that he's doing right now. Scotty Scheffler's on the thing. The only guy that doesn't fit the driving distance model, but does fit the course history model here is Corey Connors. And I have him at 64 to one uh, Corey Connors with the irons is absolutely fantastic. And the thing that the reason Corey Connors hasn't won 10 times on tour is because he puts like absolute garbage, but we don't care about putting this week. And if he can just get lucky, if he can just get that thing to roll just a little bit more into the hole than he does in a typical week, I think he can find himself in contention in this one. I just thought the number was too long. I know you guys, uh, Joaquin Neiman was somebody, uh, somebody else was on Joaquin Neiman. I also on Joaquin Neiman at 65 to one just checks all the boxes here. And I think that number is just way, way too long on him. I got Sam Burns back in October at 85 to one. I still love him at 85 to one Sam Burns inside the top 10 in every single version of the model that I'm running. And yes, he is a debutante and yes, nobody has won here for the first time since 1979. That being said, we have a multi-time winner on tour that's coming in here. This isn't like some guy that's like, oh, he's playing well. He, it's his first time at Augusta. He, we, he, can't, he can't be taken seriously. This guy's won three times on tour. This guy's a proven winner. It is not going to be too big for Sam Burns. I have Robert McIntyre at 274 to one, a very, very off market number that I had to pick off here. This guy was 12th in his only appearance at Augusta. He has a 12th at the Genesis. He's got a 15th at the St. Jude. He's got an eighth at the open championship. Like this guy is, has placed inside the top 20 and has been kind of sniffing around for a while to get 274 to one. He's also a lefty, which we know lots of lefties have had a, a lot of success here. At Augusta as well. Last one is just a numbers play because it was so incredibly off market. Uh, Luke List at 450 to one. Um, we have a book here in town at Circa that sometimes just posts some really big numbers on guys to see if anybody's willing to bet it. Uh, I'm that guy. You give me 450 to one on a guy that's already won <laughs> on tour this, this, uh, this year. I'll go ahead and take the 450 to one. I don't buy into the, you know, he is a low, he is a, 
he does live in Augusta now. Like that's a, he calls Augusta, Georgia home. So I, I don't buy into that, that that helps him out or anything because, you know, I don't know how often he's, I mean, they're touring around country. I don't know how often he's able to play the course or anything, but he is at least a local. So he will be able to sleep in his own bed. So if you buy into any of that stuff, um, Steven, let's get to your, your head to heads and your placement market stuff. For sure. It, we talked about John Rahm and the uh, concerns with his short game. If that, if you believe that, then can I interest you in John Rahm top 10 at plus 120? I mean, we, we talked about his consistent finishes there. That's a nice little price for him. I've seen him at shorter than that and, uh, and fields with 150 golfers in, in recent months. So a uh, nice little number there. Sam Burns. Couple different mm-hmm. ways here. Top 20 at plus 150, half unit on a top 10 at plus 400. And hey, why not play him as the top debutant at plus 350 mm-hmm. as well? Uh, names like Seamus Power, Taylor Gooch, Cam Young in that top debutant market. Uh, Joaquin Neiman, top 30 minus 115, top 20 plus 180. You mentioned Luke List, Matt. Had my eye on him as two, peaked as high as sixth in one of the, uh, the mm-hmm. time periods in the model this week. You can get a top 40 on him when only 50 in ties make the cut at plus 105. So if he makes the cut, he's going to yeah. have a great chance to get inside the top 40, maybe even a half unit on top 30 at plus 185. Uh, again, 13th or better in my model over his last 50, over his last 50, 36 and 24 rounds. Other fun little props. I like top South Korean Sung J M plus one. 120 only has to beat Siwoo Kim and KH Lee. KH Lee nowhere near the top of the model this week. Siwoo Kim over his last 36 rounds outside the top 60 where Sung J M is 15th. So nice little plus price there on Sung J to just beat his uh, fellow countrymen. And finally, Top senior player, Podrick Harrington, plus 125. Recent finishes, second on the Champions Tour last week. Top 30s in five straight DP World Tour events. He made the cut at Bay Hill on the PGA Tour. And oh, by the way, he had a top five at the PGA Championship last Mm. year. And the only other major competition he has in this category is Bernard Langer, who always seems to play well at Augusta. But I think he's getting up there in age now at this point, guys. (laughs) Harrington, 312 yards off the tee average langer 268 <laughs> so if you're giving me that market with a bunch of other guys that aren't going to factor in plus 125 <laughs> on old patty harrington from the emerald isle i, like I love it. it so uh and lastly the the last three i'll mention for miss the cut i know it's a very difficult market to cash because of the size of the field, but three guys that are just near dead bottom in the model this week, Patrick Reed plus 150, Justin Rose plus 225, Lee Westwood plus 100. Again, they're near some of the worst older senior players in the model I'm using this week. Uh, so to get those type of numbers to miss the cut, I have to consider it. Brad, what are we looking at from a head to head and a placement market for you? Um, well, one thing again, this is this is back to the, the Brooks Kepka thing. You often because he always um, because he always ranks so badly in a lot of these models because he you know he, he doesn't uh-huh. necessarily put the effort in. Um, I, I find you can often get good value betting him in matchups mm-hmm. against um, against the likes of McElroy. Um, probably against the likes of Scotty Scheffler, who will have much better data than him. But again, you know, right. I, I think Brooks is damn good for a, a top 10 so you can get sort of 2.2 2.3 on brooks against those golfers where where are you know i would say that should be close to a pick based on based on what we've seen in majors so um yeah go, go find some brooks matchups but i think 
Yeah, I um my head to head looks pretty good um f- for you know guys that I wanted to fade. I am I'm not going to list them all because whatever, but I am going against Bryson DeChambeau in every single head to head I can find. It doesn't matter who it is. I'm just taking it. If I got to lay big juice, I don't care. So I've done that. Um, listen, he said he's playing at eighty percent. So I'm, and this doesn't really fit him anyway, right? Like this, the Augusta doesn't really fit Bryson. It, he's not a he's not a place the ball guy. You know, he is. He's just he, he's just a hit it out there as far as he can and see what happens after that. Um, so I, I've gone against him in every single head to head that I can find. I've gone against Hideki Matsuyama in every single head to head that I can find. There are plus monies against Hideki Matsuyama out there. You can get Terrell Hatton against him at plus money. You can find some other guys out there against him at plus money. Again, he he pulled out of last week's tournament and he said he is playing with a, a hurt neck. I can only guys. I imagine when you're a pro golfer, uh, your neck being hurt is probably a bad thing. So I'm going to play against him in every single head to head that I can find as well. A couple of others. I do have Sam Burns at plus money over Cantlay. I do have Cam Smith at plus money over McElroy. And I love Bob McIntyre this week. And I have him at plus money over Tommy Fleetwood as well. Um, if you look at Bob McIntyre, I mean, again, like I said, this is a dude who's done well here at his only appearance. He's a lefty, which they, again, they tend to play super, super well here. And this is a guy that's finished inside the top 15 at several other big tournaments as well. So um, he, he fits a lot of the boxes that I'm looking to Check and it plus money. I'll take him as well. From a placement market standpoint, Justin Thomas top 10, Cam Smith top 10. I took Bob McIntyre uh, top 20 at a big over $3 number plus 330 on him in a top 20. And I laid the juice on Hideki Matsuyama on a no in the top 20 market. Um, Circa puts up the yes, no markets here for these top 20. And I took a, you know, I laid 170 on the no for Hideki on uh, on top 20 as well. Again, just fading these guys that are injured in this on this uh, course in these tournament, because, again, it's just it's going to be grueling as it is anyway. It's a really, really super stacked field. And, and if you're hurt, then it's just going to be a, a tough go at it in my humble opinion. Okay. Betting aside, guys, let's do this. Um, at the end of the day, Stephen, who wins this tournament? Well, speaking as a guy who had three outright tickets on guys that finished second, third, and fourth <laughs> this week, you might want to just take who I say here and bet him to finish top five and top 10. But uh, gun to my head, Justin Thomas checks all the boxes this week. Uh, but it would not shock me in the least if Will Zalatoris or Sam Burns wins this green jacket. All said and done, Brad, who takes this thing down? Uh, oh, it's got to be John Rahm if I'm uh, if I'm betting him to do it. Um, <laughs> as, as I'll give you a quick bonus yeah. uh, bonus bet because I only gave you one matchup. Is uh, Sepp Strucker in the first round three ball? Um, even even money about maybe even better than that. And he's, he's up against Frankie Molinari and Larry Mize. Oh. Um, so you know. Uh, I've already said I think Stracker fits really nicely here. Molinari's got PTSD from shipping it in the water against Tiger in 2019, and he's he's never been the same. And then Larry Mize, so yeah. you know, I would I would think that should be you know pretty good odds on personally. Yeah, no, absolutely, I like that one a ton, guys. When it's all said and done, I want to say it's Justin Thomas. I want to say maybe it's Scotty Scheffler. I don't actually. I really want to say it's Sam Burns. I think it's going to be Cam Smith. This guy has just been so incredibly huge in every big tournament. He's got the, he's got the course history here as well. And like I said, when we talk win equity, this guy just goes out and wins tournaments. And so uh, Cam Smith for me, when it's all 
said and done guys everything we do over on the lines absolutely free so head over there take a look at all the awesome tournament breakdown stuff all the statistical stuff as steven mentioned earlier they there's special articles just breaking down all the props you can find and all that and of course the prop finder that is on the home page you just go right to the home page you'll see the little button that you can push that says prop finder be sure and shop around for the best prices because in golf specifically outrights top 20s top to all that the pricing changes drastically from book to book to book. So be sure and shop around and make sure that you're getting the best number on all of that for Brad for Steven. I'm Matt. Good luck on all your master's bets. Bet basketball, baseball, or hockey with a risk-free bet up to $600 at BetMGM. Sign up and use bonus code THELINES and you're on your way with the king of sportsbooks. Get the BetMGM app today and use promo code THELINES to make a risk-free bet up to $600. This is a new customer offer. Paid in free bets. Visit BetMGM.com for terms and conditions. 21 years or older to wager. Colorado, Indiana, Iowa, Michigan, New Jersey, Nevada, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia only excludes Michigan disassociated persons. Please gamble responsibly. Gambling problem? Call one 800 522-4700 in Colorado, Nevada, and Virginia. 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help in Michigan. 1-800-GAMBLER in New Jersey, Pennsylvania, and West Virginia. And 1-800-BETS-OFF in Iowa and Tennessee. Call or text the red line at 800-889-9789. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-9-WITH-IT in Indiana. Promotional offer not available in Nevada.